All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. and happy Saturday. Last night, we were able to get a lengthy interview with the chairman of the House Impeachment Inquiry, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer. He reacted to the big story we broke in the last 24 hours, that Hunter Biden's road to his Burisma richness in Ukraine actually went through Russia and Moscow. It was part of a long campaign by Hunter Biden and his cohorts to squeeze Russian oligarchs under Vladimir Putin's watch for money on real estate and other ventures. From 2010 to 2014, the pursuit was relentless. And it was about to score a big payday when all of a sudden, Vladimir Putin invaded the Crimean region of Ukraine. And Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and their whole ball game got turned upside down. And in a meeting in Moscow on that very day where their attention turned to a Ukrainian oligarch uh, named Zolchevsky. And they quickly pivoted and they land a deal on this natural gas company's board that was a natural gas company in Ukraine that was persona non grata inside the Obama-Biden administration at the time. State Department considered it crooked and corrupt. The Justice Department and FBI did too. And there's Hunter Biden joining in, getting involved, and uh, cashing in. But it is pretty extraordinary to think the son of a sitting vice president spent most of the time while his father was in office courting money from two of America's greatest geopolitical adversaries, China, from 2013 to 2018 with the CEFC China deal, Russia from 2010 to 2014. And it's far more oligarchs than just Yelena Baterina, who we broke a couple of years ago. This story is chock full of new details. It's very cogent, very important story that we broke yesterday. James Comer is going to kick us off at the top of the show. His reaction to that is reaction to the James Biden, Hunter Biden interviews. What comes next in the impeachment inquiry? And might there be a referral to the Justice Department, to the special counsel for possible false testimony by someone? There are such huge conflicts between James Biden and Hunter Biden and the rest of the partners and the rest of the evidence that will ask Chairman Comer what that gives us visibility too. Uh, in the second block, we're going to talk to my colleague, Stephen Richards. We're going to walk you through 
that Russia story that he and I broke, all the documents, there are scores of scores of documents and transcripts in this story. It really is a groundbreaking story. We hope you enjoy that. And then in the third block, we're going to go dabble a little bit in politics. The Utah primary is coming up in a couple of days. Trent Staggs, a mayor in Utah, now running for U.S. Senate, trying to succeed Mitt Romney, who's stepping down in the United States Senate. Trent Staggs is going to join us and tell us what is on Utah voters' minds. How is the split between the the Romney wing of Republicanism and the Trump wing of Republicanism playing out not only in the state, but in the country? Trent Stagg's a guy getting a lot of attention in Utah. A lot of people think he can win the Republican nomination, which all but assures he'll be the next senator. A really important conversation with him. You're going to enjoy that throughout the final block of this show. He's a guy that really says what he means and means what he says. Great, really great interview every time we have him on. All right, before we go to commercial break, I'm extremely excited one more time this week to remind you of the work that Alliance Defending Freedom is doing for this country. They are in the midst of two of the most important Supreme Court cases that the justices will rule on this session. Both involve women, both involve young women. One involves abortion, one involves the FDA. And if it were not for the work of the Alliance Defending Freedom, neither of these cases would have wound their way to the nine justices that are going to look at it this way. If you want to be part of that effort, if you want to get the most important issues of our time before the Supreme Court, investing a few dollars in ADF.org, the Alliance Defending Freedom.org slash John is a special URL I've set up. ADF.org slash John. Go join them today. Give now. We'd like to raise $5,000 for them by the end of March. So if you go to ADF.org, go look at the cases they're working, go learn at what they're doing, you can make a difference. All of us are making a difference. I think a lot of people thought, well, would we ever get the vaccine mandate reversed? We did. Would we ever stop the student loan giveaway? Well, at least a part of it we did. At least the Supreme Court did. Joe Biden has seemed to have found a way around it. But those are really significant victories. Those all went through the courts. What ADF is doing right now to defend religious liberty, to defend Uh, freedom of speech is historically important. And these two cases before the Supreme Court are just the leading edge of what Alliance Defending Freedom does every single day in our country. So if you want to say thank you to them for supporting this show, for doing what they're doing to get cases before the Supreme Court, go to adf.org slash John, my name, adf.org slash John. Go do that today. All right. When we come back, Chairman Comer, right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity 
in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a health care provider. He's been the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He's the leader of the impeachment inquiry alongside of Chairman Jordan and Chairman Smith. And over this past week, so many of the things that the Democrats said uh, uh, Jim Comer, James Comer, was lying about were suddenly true because... Oh, Hunter Biden said it. And James Biden said it. Yes, that's right. Uh, The big guy really was the big guy. Yes, the family got China money. Yes, Joe Joe Biden was meeting with Hunter Biden's business uh, clients at places like Cafe Milano and other places. We know this, and he's been vindicated for this because he stuck to the facts. Joining us right now, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer. Mr. Chairman, great to have you on the show, sir. Thank you, John. This was a pretty extraordinary week for uh, the impeachment inquiry. And I just, at this moment, with all that you've gathered, I know we're moving to a moment of uh, public hearings. What is the story that the American people now can be sure that you've proven? Well, that Joe Biden lied. He lied over a dozen times. He said he never met with any of these people who sent his family money. We've proven he met with them all. Uh, he said his family never got money from China. They got millions and millions of dollars from China. He said none of this happened while he was vice president, and most of it happened while he was vice president. Uh, we've deposed his son. We've interviewed his brother. Uh, we've caught them in numerous lies. Uh, they're accusing their former business partners of lying about them. We know that Joe Biden did uh, participate in just about every shady deal. Uh, I would say his role, John, was the person who closed the deal. Hunter and and Jim would initiate the deal. They would make their pitch. Their business model was to be able to, what I call influence pedal, but what they were doing is is selling access uh, to Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden would get on the phone or have lunch with them or do something and uh, make it known uh, in in a plausibly deniability kind of way, uh, plausible deniability kind of way that uh, that he was involved. But wink, wink, he really wasn't involved. And and, uh, at the end of the day, the Biden family got tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world. And everyone should be ashamed that our president of the United States has sold access to our two biggest enemies. China and Russia, among other adversarial nations around the world for over a decade. 
Yeah. And Mr. Chairman, you have done such a great job of laying out for the American people the things that Joe Biden has said with respect to his son's overseas business dealing, the flat out absolute denial and how it's been kind of tweaked ever since then. But I remember um, explicitly on the stage October 2020, I think it was Kristen Welker who was moderating the debate. And she asked Joe Biden about Ukraine and China specifically about these relationships and about any type of financial compensation that they received. And, and he kind of, you know, stuttered and fuddled around it and said, no, 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 it wasn't me. In fact, in fact, Trump got money from China. I imagine we're going to have a repeat this time around between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And it seems undeniable that Joe Biden's answers will have to change. How does he frame it in a way that the American people don't see it the way that we've talked about, which is that Joe Biden sold out America? Well, hopefully we'll have debate uh debate host who will ask questions about it because he certainly <laughs> lied to the American people. This was a big part of his campaign in in uh, the last presidential election. He tried to say that Joe, that Donald Trump, in fact, was the one that made money from China when it was Joe Biden. So I think that Joe Biden has a lot of explaining to do to the American people. Hopefully it'll be on a debate stage because he's not going to sit down with any uh, fair media outlet. He's not going to have a reporter like uh, you or John Solomon ask him questions. He's not going to go on Fox News or anything like that. So it's going to have to be on a debate stage, and hopefully we'll have a debate moderator uh, who will who will ask that question because it is a big question. And I think that's the purpose of this investigation, to get the truth to the American people. <clears throat> and the American people do not want their president or their vice president selling access to our enemies around the world through their family members. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the polling is showing that now. So you've done enough to educate the public around the mainstream media. They now know the truth. I want to ask you two questions. One is, do you believe uh, uh, any of the Bidens lied under the congressional process? And would you refer them for uh, Justice Department investigation, special counsel Weiss? Is that, uh, is that something that's on the horizon, you think? Well, I want to hold the Bidens accountable. And, you know, they're, they're, everybody's always said, oh, you got to impeach, you got to impeach. Even if we impeach, the Senate's not going to convict. I mean, you see how serious the Senate's taken this Mayorkas impeachment. They haven't even taken it up. They've already broken the rules of the way it's supposed to work when the House uh, sends over an impeachment. So what we want to do is hold people accountable. And I think that uh, you will see referrals. I think it's pretty obvious that Jim Biden and Hunter Biden have lied numerous times in their uh, sworn testimony, uh, both in the transcribed interview for Jim Biden and the deposition yesterday for, for Hunter Biden. So uh, we want to hold them accountable. And I think that uh, Merrick Garland is going to, or David Weiss, either one, will have first crack at it. If they don't do it, then hopefully the next president of the United States will have an attorney general and a department of justice that will hold people accountable. And that's the ultimate goal. You know, we want to provide the truth to the American people, but we also want to hold people accountable for wrongdoing, not just the Bidens, but people in the government, the deep state actors who have been part of the cover up. You know, you've got the Biden financial crimes and you've got the cover up from the government because there are too many government agencies that were investigating the Bidens for too long yep. to never have anything done to them. And that's what we're trying to do. Finally, pr provide some type of accountability for their bad decisions. Yeah. Mm hmm. Bad decisions. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, there is a there is a perpetual retort that comes from Democrats with respect to any of these business dealings. There is there is a pretty, pretty strong refusal to acknowledge the fact that money actually did change hands to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in some deals, diamonds 
Um, I would love to get a hold of that kind of fat deal. But um, they often make the comparison that it, this is no different from Ivanka and, and Jared and, um, you know, some of President Trump's children conducting business overseas. What's the difference? Well, the difference is Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump actually have a legitimate business. Uh, I never have found a legitimate business by the Bidens. You know, they had uh, around 30 LLCs. Tell me what those LLCs did. We've had them in for hours of interviews and depositions. I still don't know what those LLCs did. You know, he had some LLCs that would say energy. Some would say investments. But we saw the, the emails from the bank examiners looking at the ones that were supposed to be investment companies. And they said these were uh, investment companies with no investments. Uh, energy companies with no energy. I mean, these were shell companies that were used uh, to launder money from foreign nationals to the Biden family. They did not produce a good or service. And I've tried to explain, especially to the Associated Press and NBC, because they really are financially illiterate. But a shell company <laughs> is a is a company with no assets or no known purpose. These LLCs didn't have any assets. And you can name an LLC anything. You can say it's Solomon and Head Energy Company. That doesn't mean you all are in the energy business. That's just you have an LLC named that. And that's kind of what the Bidens have. The Jared Kushner has an investment fund. Ivanka has been involved in, in all types of investments and clothing lines and makeup lines and things like that. And we know that, that Donald Trump owned hotels and real estate and casinos and things like that. What do the Bidens have in business? Nothing. And that's what drives me crazy when the media says, well, the Bidens were in business with these people. They were they were they were scamming people. They were influence peddling. If you consider influence peddling a legitimate business, then the Bidens were in business. If you don't, then they weren't in they weren't in business. They did not have a real business. That's the yeah. difference between the Bidens and the and the Kushners. That's one of the best explanations mm -hmm. I've heard, sir. So you said something a little bit ago. What the inevitable is, even if you do do impeachment articles, the Senate's not going to take it up. Are you considering a form of accountability other than articles of impeachment that you think could rectify the situation for uh, the uh, American people without uh, going through a, uh, an impeachment that won't be taken by the Senate? Absolutely. I mean. We can impeach and we may impeach, but but the Senate's not going to convict. So impeachment really doesn't hold anyone accountable. I want accountability. And what I want to do is have criminal referrals. I want to identify the deep state actors that were involved in the cover up. The IRS should have prosecuted Hunter Biden. The DOJ, many the uh, uh, U.S. attorneys should have prosecuted Hunter Biden because they had investigations. The Securities and Exchange Commission should have uh, indicted Hunter Biden and Jim Biden. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The FBI. I want to identify the people who who were a part of the cover up. And obviously, we want to identify and list and refer all the crimes that all the different Biden family members committed. So our next phase is to have a public hearing. We're going to ask more specific questions along the lines of of uh, crimes committed. And uh, and then, you know, we're going to certainly question some of the the answers that Hunter Biden gave in his deposition because it doesn't match up what uh, some of his former business partners said. It doesn't match up what the emails and text messages say. It doesn't match up with what the WhatsApp messages say. So we're going to press him, give him one more opportunity to come clean, and uh, then you will see referrals. Hopefully Merrick Garland will take them up, but I wouldn't hold my breath. But if we have a new president and a new attorney general, John, then I'm pretty confident that we will have yeah. accountability uh -huh of this family.
that's the moment. Mm -hmm. Mr. Chairman, um, this administration doesn't seem to have many soft landings available to it, uh, not with respect to the economy, the border, even green energy. They have, have sorely ticked off a, a good portion of their base who was relying on them for some green energy initiatives and policies being pushed forward. Um, it, I'm, I'm wondering, though, if Hunter Biden, the nature and tone of his answers, does it seem like he's relying on a soft landing? I flicked at this at the beginning, but a pardon? Well, uh, someone that would uh, so uh, blatantly give answers to a simple question. Did you ever even have a laptop when he started trying to act like the laptop had been compromised? He couldn't recall. Couldn't recall whether he had a laptop. Uh, then with the WhatsApp message, he said, well, I was uh, high and I sent that message to the wrong person. I, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I know my dad wasn't sitting beside me. And then, you know, when Jim Biden says, yeah, we got the diamond that, that the Chinese gave Hunter, and uh, it wasn't worth anything, so I threw it away. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The preposterous answers to the questions they gave. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to fact check everything that they said. And I can tell you, we're pretty far along in that process, and it's not looking good for the Biden. So uh, certainly we want to try to to hold them accountable. But I, I believe the American people deserve uh, a public hearing. That's what the Biden said they wanted. I told them we would give them a public hearing after we deposed them. We've we've completed the deposition. Now it's time for the public hearing. So real quickly, do you think Hunter Biden was acting like someone that had a pardon in his back pocket? He sure uh, was, was very bold in his answers. You know, I, I you know, one would assume that to answer those questions the way he answered them, uh, that uh, he was pretty confident he had a pardon in his back pocket. Folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Stephen Richards, my good colleague here at Justin News, my co-author on the road to riches of Burisma going through Moscow. He's going to join us. We're going to go over the story in a little bit. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
Welcome back, America. As we continue to discuss Just the News' investigative report, that deep dive into Hunter Biden's business efforts in Russia from 2010 to 2014 that helped pave the way for his eventual Burisma venture, uh, that big fat check that he was getting from Burisma. I'm excited to welcome John's Just the News colleague, Stephen Richards. Stephen and John have teamed up on a number of stories, and this one is no different in that it is jam-packed with details and jam-packed with information that you're going to want to know. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. I want to ask you, you know, there is an L word that keeps floating around the Biden family, whether it's James, whether it's Joe, whether it's Hunter, and it's the word loans. I don't know what they consider loans to be. I don't think it's what the rest of the world considers loans to be because they don't seem to ever get paid back. But I want to ask you, to dig into some of the similarities between James Biden getting loans from Democrat donors and Hunter Biden getting loans from his attorney out here in Los Angeles, Kevin Morris. Yeah, so good to be with you, Amanda and John. Uh, something really remarkable that we've seen in both Hunter Biden's and uh, James Biden's testimony before the Oversight Committee is that they were both receiving loans uh, from, from people who were Democratic donors. So James Biden, he received, uh, I think, one loan of 800000 and another of 900000 is what the committee says. And Hunter Biden received nearly $6 million in assistance from Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris. And to date, neither of these loans for James Biden have been paid back, nor Hunter Biden's loans from Kevin Morris. I think it was on this show not that long ago that James Comer actually said to me, and if I remember right, a loan in Biden lexicon means a gift. I think he actually said that on air, and I think that's what now yep. uh, the great work that Stephen has done has shown. Uh, Stephen, I want to dig into that a little bit more because I think you can break the phases of the uh, the Biden family uh, business into two phases. There's the early phase where they're targeting all of the oligarchs, Russian and Chinese oligarchs, particularly uh, Ukrainians and Kazakhstans and others when they can. And then later, as that, that kind of falls out of flavor because Joe Biden doesn't have the juice of being vice president anymore, there seems to be a shift more and more to these Democratic donors, Americans, people that are beholden politically inside the United States. Is that a pattern that comes through in the transcripts a little bit more? I think so, John. It, it's really this once the foreign money runs out, once Joe Biden is running for president and the scrutiny ramps up, he's no longer a former vice president. Now he's a presidential candidate. Um, they shift and James Biden gets these loans uh, from Democratic donors and Hunter Biden meets Kevin Morris at a a fundraiser for his father and immediately starts getting assistance. Whereas before you had Hunter Biden collecting millions of dollars from the Chinese, uh, his salary from Burisma, and funneling some of this money allegedly, according to the Oversight Committee, um, both to James Biden, his uncle, and uh, they say in loaner payments to his father. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Stephen, there was a name that stuck out in, in yours and John's piece, and it's, I guess for me it's because I had not heard his name before, but there were conversations that took place between Devin Archer and Mikola Zlochevsky about this joint venture as far as real estate. Mikola Zlochevsky goes back to Devin Archer, says we're not interested in that, but would you be interested in taking this meeting with Polish President Alexander uh, Kwasniewski, or however you pronounce his name. I guess this guy was the most recent addition to the Burisma board. What, what, what did that guy have to do with this? What, what was his vested interest in getting Hunter Biden and Devin Archer on that board? 
So to put this into context, um, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, through their Rosemont firm, uh, were engaged uh, with attempting to squeeze money out of Russian oligarchs for real estate investments in Moscow. And they ended this business in 2014 when Russia invaded Ukraine for the first time. And Mikola Zloshevsky is the um, founder and owner of Burisma. And so they had previously approached him to invest in real estate. Um, and as you, as you mentioned, he was not interested. But I think he did see an opportunity to bring these politically connected individuals, especially Hunter Biden, onto the board of his company. And especially at this time when Russia and Ukraine were now geopolitical enemies. And then you have this progression where Hunter Biden is invited onto the board. And Devin Archer even says in one email that they had ambitions to become the Gazprom of Ukraine, which <laughs> is the, the Russian state-owned oil company, the largest state-owned oil company in the world. Uh, even at that moment, they're in a Russian state of mind, right? They just lost their billion-dollar Russian deal because of the invasion, but they're thinking of it in terms of Russia because for four years, that's where they were uh, uh, pursuing that money. Steve, I want to ask a little bit. I think when you take a step back for a moment, particularly the good story that you helped me write this morning, um, there is now a very clear pattern that for almost a decade, the Biden family had a interesting pursuit. They were going to get as much money as they could from oligarchies in America's two most uh, intense geopolitical adversaries. They, they hit up China nonstop, 2013, 2017, Air Force Two, CFC, uh, the hotel. And in the same time, uh, they spent 2010 to 2014 until the gigs up when Putin invades uh, Ukraine, trying to go after a billion or more dollars in Russia. For some of that time, uh, Hunter Biden is in the Navy as a Naval Reserve officer, but our two biggest geopolitical adversaries seem to be their biggest spigots of ambition. Yeah, that is indeed true. And as you mentioned, they start in Russia. Um, coincidentally or not, at this time that the Obama administration, where his father served as vice president, was attempting to reset relations. Um, and they pursued uh, oligarchs, the likes of uh, Yelena Batarina, which has been reported on previously, $3.5 to their real estate firm, and uh, Mikhail Shishkanov, who was a, a banking magnate uh, with close ties to the government there. And then they move, or they had previously uh, went into business with some Chinese companies, right. state-backed uh, companies through the Bank of China, uh, all while Joe Biden was vice president. And then the CFC deals come even after vice, uh, he left the vice presidency. Yeah, and one thing I did, uh, Amanda, give me just more to say, I think at some point in 2017, they tried to go back to Russia and hook China and Russia up together, right, on an energy deal, right? Yes. So when Hunter Biden was working with CEFC, uh, that same company was attempting to purchase a stake in Rosneft, which <laughs> is one of the largest oil companies in Russia. Very our two hmm. biggest rivals together. <laughs> Um, Stephen, you know, the, this isn't a court of law, so I don't feel um, a need to hit some type of, of mens rea threshold. Um, but I do want to ask you about intent here, because throughout uh, any of the media reportings, any public comments by Joe Biden, the contention has been that, well, for, we all know that the, the contention has, has morphed. Um, from Hunter Biden, Joe Biden had no involvement whatsoever, no shady business dealings. It then moved on to, well, there, there, there were these connections, but it was all ethical. There was no ill will behind it. 
Um, however, there was at least an hour-long phone call between Devin Archer and Mikola Zlochevsky. And after that, Devin Archer goes back to Hunter and reports on their mutual concern to keep Hunter Biden's placement on the Burisma board discreet. If Hunter Biden knew this entire time that it was on the up and up and there, were, there was no eth ethical issue whatsoever, why would they need to be discreet? I, I think that really is the point. And I think there is something that is an infamous statement Hunter Biden made that speaks to what he knew about who he was partnering with. And it's the recording obtained from his laptop. Uh, he was speaking about one of his Chinese business partners. And he said, this is the effing spy chief of China. That is a big deal, I think, that speaks to what he knew about these people who he was partnering with. Stephen, we've got about a minute left, and I want to just ask you real quickly about all the things that once the Biden family denied that they now affirm in these recent depositions. The big guy's the big guy. Yeah, there was China money. Yeah, dad met with the uh, business partners at Cafe Milano. A lot of the 2019 stories, the Biden family ate in these transcripts, right? That's very true. Uh, both James and Hunter Biden uh, confirmed multiple details of the Oversight Committee's probe that Joe Biden has denied uh, ever happening in the past, including uh, meetings with business partners, uh, the funds for the loans that James Biden received uh, from both AmeriCorps and um, funded by CEFC. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Um, Stephen, you in concert with John have tugged on some really important threads with respect to all of this investigating, but particularly this store with Russia. You did an outstanding job on the reporting, and uh, we appreciate you being on the show to pick this all apart for us. Tell everybody very quickly where they can find your byline and find you on social media. Yep. So I write daily for Just the News, and uh, my Twitter is uh, smrichards30. All right, folks, one more good one. A man who wants to be the successor to Mitt Romney as U.S. Senator in Utah, Mayor Trent Skaggs, will be here in just a few seconds. You're going to love this interview. It's always a frank conversation about issues and ideas as they are playing out in the Utah U.S. Senate race. We'll have that right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. As you know, the Utah primary is just one week from today. And our last guest of this evening knows a lot about how to run a successful campaign in the Salt Lake State. We're joined now by the mayor of Riverton, Utah, who is now running to represent Utah in Washington, D.C. as a member of the U.S. Senate. Mayor Trent Staggs joins us right now. Mr. Mayor, great to have you on. Congratulations on that great CPAC stage uh, speech last week. That was a big deal. Yeah, thanks. It was quite an honor to be invited there uh, to participate. Really the only one from Utah. And uh, 
I thought I thought it was a lot of fun, great energy, just so so good to be surrounded by conservatives, right? Uh, by by such great conservatives in the country. Well, they, they certainly embraced your message, and it was a very powerful moment uh, during the convention. Uh, I want to start with the Utah primary. There are two dynamics at work, right? You've got uh, your primary, then you've got Nikki Haley, of course, um, coming there. You had some hard, uh, sharp words for uh, uh, Ambassador Haley on X yesterday saying she's coming to Utah to promote her pro-war, anti-free speech agenda. Tell us what you meant by that. Well, I mean, it's just typified her career, right? I mean, she's always been a neocon. She's been somebody, she's a globalist. She's somebody that wants to be able to expand the machinery of war, the military industrial complex. Uh, it's been on full display, whether it's uh, any time in her role as governor or, uh, you know, more recently being on the board of Boeing. Um, this is what has just exemplified her time in the spotlight. And, and we just, we can't put up with that. We, we can no longer do that. You know, I've been pretty outspoken about not supporting Ukraine funding. Uh, enough is enough, I've been saying. And as I've traveled the state of Utah and spoke with other Americans, they, they're at that point. You know, we're ready to go back uh, to the leadership that President Trump exhibited so well during his four years in office. And we need to have that type of leadership that America first, uh, not, uh, not the warmongering and the war first type of agenda back in Washington. Absolutely. I, I want to stay on that topic of, of establishment Republicans. Obviously, the seat that you are running to fill, Senator Mitt Romney, uh, a lot of people consider him to be in that camp. But what was amazing last week about your appearance at CPAC, you know, Matt Schlapp said that they were much more exclusive this year about the people who they invited to speak. So congratulations to you, because I think that says a lot about your campaign. But you see leftist uh, media organizations with their hair on fire about how the Republican Party has changed from the Nikki Haley's, from the Mitt Romney's, and the Trump transformation is now complete. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's true? Yeah, I mean, we're, we are ready. Everybody needs to get behind President Trump. You know, I was the, the first one to endorse him out here in our great state. Uh, sadly, you know, our governor uh, seems to be more interested in prolonging this, uh, this primary and uh, inviting Nikki Haley to come on out. Um, hey, let's let's get behind President Trump. Not only has he demonstrated how great he was as a president, um, but you know he's polling right now at 80 percent or higher in many of the polls that I've seen. So it's time to consolidate our resources, uh, put everything around President Trump so that we can beat Joe Biden. That should be the number one goal. It should be shared amongst all Republicans because it has been disastrous. And that's something that I spoke about in my speech. It is It is literally, we're at the brink um, and we've got a guy who is cognitively impaired, who's licking an ice cream cone while America is quite literally burning. And uh, we need to get beyond that. We gotta get back to where we were under President Trump and have that kind of leadership again. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, you have a unique perspective uh, running a city right now, running for national office. Uh, there is a, a very significant uh, impact of uh, illegal immigration that Joe Biden has imposed on this country. Uh, from your small community to all those other communities where we're losing people like Lake and Riley and these tragic uh, murders, what is the impact? How far has it filtered down into everyday cities in America? Well, you've heard the expression that every state is now a border state, and sadly, that's true, and every community has been impacted. I know that when I met with um, with ICE 
here in Salt Lake City, and they documented the amount of cases, I mean, well over 100,000 cases uh, that they are just working within our state. Uh, there are just far too many incidents of, of known uh, criminal behavior of MS-13 gang members or people that have committed serious crime in the countries of their origin that are now here. We have to be able to get these people out of our country. They've, they, they shouldn't have been allowed to come in in the first place. Uh, it's just a tragedy that we have so many people in the Senate that are concerned more with the borders of Ukraine than they are of our own country. Uh, that has to stop. We, we, need, we need people in Washington that care about everyday Americans and that will go ahead and fight for everyday Americans and put America first. And that starts at the border. We have to be able to get this border under control. It's not rocket science. It could be done instantly. This Biden administration and the Secretary Mayorkas, who rightfully needs to be impeached, um, they just don't want to do it. And sadly, we have folks like Mitt Romney that uh, not only confirmed Mayorkas, but have also been very, very supportive of Biden and, and his policies. And that has to stop. We need America first patriots in office in D.C. representing us all the way down. I mean, from the president, we need President Trump back in office, but we need a good cadre of America first senators and Congress, uh, congressmen and women that are going to push forward this America first agenda and get us back on track because we are uh, we are a country derailed at this point. I think so many people agree with you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, this week you've got both President Biden and Donald Trump heading down to the border. Um, Joe Biden polls poorly in every single category. You look at his overall approval numbers and they are abysmal. But when you look at those crosstabs, those subcategories, he is the worst as far as approval on the border. Heading to the border this week seems to me that it might be a last-ish effort to try to increase his polling, at least in that category. But do you think it's too little too late? Well, I, I do. He's demonstrated now for over three years his incompetence at the border. And, uh, you know, some people even have gone so far as to say that it is by design. I, I, I just there is absolutely no reason why he couldn't be enforcing the same policies that were so successfully done under President Trump. He claims that he needed to have this border bill passed and it was just a smokescreen and a fig leaf of the bill to push a bunch of money to Ukraine. I mean, the fact of the matter is President Biden undid everything that President Trump had done and was doing successfully, whether that be the remain in Mexico policies, uh, the border wall, um, you know, signaling to other nations that we are not just going to allow you to run roughshod over our laws and just come into this country free will. Um, we need to be able to stand up again to that. Folks, thanks for being a part of the Saturday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Chairman Comer, to my uh, great colleague in crime here at Just the News, Stephen Richards, and of course, Mayor Trent Staggs, who's running for U.S. Senate in great state of Utah. Three great interviews, three great discussions, a lot of food for thought. Be sure to check out that important story we did on Hunter Biden's pursuit of money in Moscow. It's a game changer in the impeachment. After all these years, we're still learning big new things about 
Hunter Biden. All right. That wraps it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. You got a great Sunday brunch edition. Bill O'Reilly's in the house. You're going to enjoy that. Ambassador Pete Hoekstra, too, the man who has taken over the Michigan Republican Party. That's a great conversation. We'll enjoy all of that on the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, God bless. Have a great day. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.